Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Warren. I'm Robert. I'm Andrew. And I'm Henry. And this is episode number 97. Y'all, 97. we are coming up to the Uh-oh. big, big triple digit <laughs> one in just a few weeks here. Holy shit. That's crazy. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's insane. It's going to be wild. fun. What are we doing? Yeah. <sighs> well, here we are. It's another Monday, everyone. <laughs> another insane. Monday, 97 podcasts, 90, 96 podcasts. This is the 97th. And uh, we're still doing it. We're still alive. We're still, uh, you know, making music and have stuff to talk about. Cheers to that. So that's Cheers to come back. We have a lot more stuff to talk about. Thank you for hanging with us during all COVID when we didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> Obviously, Music Showcase says, what are you guys doing for the 100th? You'll have to tune in and see. I don't don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) There's another couple tour stories, because we were telling tour stories. Well, we'll get into this, but we were hanging out with Hogjaw this weekend, and we were telling some tour stories, and there was a couple things I forgot that weren't like the crazy things we were talking about, just other things was like, oh, yeah. Like, I just remember a, a couple ones, you know, came back that were really interesting. From like years ago, from from the you know Midwest days or things like that, I was just like, oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that, and it just doesn't come back to you until you're talking about it. Feels Wild like times. a million years ago, and still last weekend at the same time. It's nuts. Yeah, it was uh, crazy because I, I just saw this on the calendar. It shows how much I know about anything that we do. But uh, <laughs> we're playing in uh, Lincoln at Zoo Bar, which we played at what? ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, and then uh, we're also playing in Omaha, which um, Omaha like holds a special place in my heart because like there was this uh, record label called Saddle Creek, which did a bunch of stuff uh, in Pomona, like when I was growing up. So I always love going to Omaha. Oh well, <laughs> we're, we're planning on being in Nebraska in in the fall. My, so. the, the anchor in my ear just told me that those aren't confirmed yet, and I can't talk about them. So. If, if anyone's listening and they're in Lincoln or Omaha right now, <laughs> I don't know that those are confirmed. Well, we didn't say when they were happening. We just, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we are going to be playing Omaha again. And it's going to yeah, be yeah, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> right after yeah. I turned 30 years old. Yeah. But I mean, with that being said, <laughs> I think that people should know that we do have plans to hit the States. Um, Cause I know that we've been, talking about a lot of European stuff because we've had to reschedule a lot of dates that had already been set. And it feels like we're ignoring the United States, but we do have a lot of fun stuff coming up for the States, including possibly some of those dates that, uh, that, uh, Andrew had mentioned. So, you know, got to keep your ears to the ground, keep your eyes out and fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And- or why'd you tell me to talk about those dates? What's wrong with Okay. I would love to play there. I've never been to either of those states. We love Nebraska. We used to play Nebraska like almost Go once a month. We played Nebraska probably like thirty times. There was a. It's not an exaggeration, there, right? No, um, for for a while, I don't think so. For a while, we played Kearney, Nebraska, more times than we had played Los Angeles, and I think that's Is still twenty times fair. I, I think yeah, that still might be. I, I, fair. Yeah. I think I think there was a time in place that we played Kearney, Nebraska, only Kearney, Nebraska, because we've played Kearney, Minden, Lincoln, Omaha. Uh, there's one other small city we played. 
Um, Grand Island. But I always forget. Did we do Grand Island. Uh, no, it was. It's where that uh, Hastings. Hastings. Um, yeah. But there was a time and place when we played Kearney, Nebraska, more times than we'd ever played L.A. And if you don't know where Kearney, Nebraska is, it's about 22 hours away from here, and L.A. is about an hour. So that's telling you a lot about that. Um, and I probably still think we've played Kearney, Nebraska more than L.A. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we've played it like 13 times. Um, some of those times were three-night runs, but um, yeah. it's still pretty crazy to think about. So. We'll be back in the Midwest very soon, and we're very excited to do that because we have a lot of friends out there, a lot of people, a lot of family, a lot of uh, people who we call family that are our friends. So it would be good to see see them again because it's been way too long. Yeah, I'm, I'm only up to mid-2013, and there's already 27 shows in Nebraska from from us and in the band. Wait, only really? Only, yeah, by, yeah. Uh, we played Mojo Steakhouse and Ales in Omaha. On July 11th, 2013. Yeah, that's pretty mm. crazy. Wow. What about, wait, so you guys said you did yeah. a three-night run around 2013. How did you guys do a three-night run if you if you didn't have, like, how much material did you guys have to do to cover? Did you guys play the same set three times, or did you have enough stuff to? Most likely. <laughs> most likely we played the, the same set each night, because that's, I think we barely had Glory Bound. I, you know, I, I don't even know if Glory Bound was in our arsenal yet. No. Um, we, no. Well, Warren, the first night we played the bangers because that's just what everyone comes to hear. <laughs> and then the second night we played, you know, still some of the bangers that we didn't play the first night, but then the B sides. And then the last night was for the fans. You know, we just played all the album tracks. <laughs> nice. The funny thing, too, is I think these gigs were like four hours three nights mm-hmm. in a row. So it wasn't even like uh, a one hour set. And then we tried to do something different. They were like four hours. So there's no way we could play anything <laughs> different than what our set was. Yeah. And we, we did a lot more covers back then. And, and we did a lot of songs that we don't do anymore because we have better ones. I remember and, playing uh, the fortunate son in the Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we, we played, um, um, What's the one that you mentioned this weekend, uh, which we will get to what we did this weekend eventually. Uh, the, the Bad Company song, the one that everyone knows. Oh, uh, feels like making love. Yeah, we, we, we'd played that before. And I think we, we might have even still be uh, still have done like slow dancing in a burning room or something like that. Yeah. We should bring it back. Oh, Maybe man. like Yellow by Coldplay. Yellow? You guys did Yellow? Yeah, We've I done think Yellow so. before. Like that this is pre Chris like, though. I don't think Chris would have stood for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then, like we had a much less defined sound at that point. Like we didn't really know what we wanted to do yet. So yeah, and we we had played Nebraska. Uh, Andrew, Steve, and myself had played, uh, I believe. So maybe not. I guess me and Andrew had played Nebraska before uh, the wreck was even a thing too. Yeah. Because we we had gone on tour out there as just Robert John Band, and I don't even know what we played back then because I didn't. Don't even know what that was. That's when we did those things. I think there but, were some um, like Kings of Leon covers. I think uh, there was Sex like on Fire and and uh, yeah. what was that other? You somebody? You somebody? Yep. We did uh, with the in a garbage can. Oh, you know, Neil, yeah. Yeah. yeah, in Ohio. Henry's like, you guys did all those songs without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, more, I'm more like offended at the in a garbage can. What is? Oh, it was like a whole yeah. inside joke. Is that, 
Is that is yeah, that Neil like, Young yeah. to love throwing everything in a garbage can? Yeah, dude, <laughs> don't don't put the uh, you, you know don't don't put the trash in the recycling. Like put it in a garbage can. Like hey, what do I do with this? What do I do with this used place? It's like put it in the garbage. Much less high than that. I know. That's that high. That's the voice in my head. It's like this just little. It was a caricature. Is that really what he sounds like? It's just like guys. We're not curious. I'd be like David Bowie. If we're gonna make fun of Neil Young, I never even listened to Neil Young before uh, we played those tunes. That was my first time hearing Neil Young. Oh. I was like learning those covers. In a garbage can. Yeah. In a garbage That's like, can. You guys like, are doing the same thing. So much higher. <laughs> In a garbage can. Yeah, oh, exactly. You nailed yeah, Steve, it. Do, do it one more time, Steve. In a garbage can. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. You guys In are doing the same exact thing. In a garbage can. And it's exactly what Neil Young does. <laughs> <clears throat> Which don't, is cool. Like, don't litter, the man. caricature of Neil Young. <laughs> we're doing the Jimmy Fallon version of Neil Young. Yeah, yeah. That's not really what Neil Young sounds like. The greatest yeah. form of flattery is mockery, right? I know, but it's more like, but it's more like in a garbage can. <laughs> this that was the first song I ever played by garbage cans. Hey, Henry, um, I have this number five plastic bottle over here. Do I put it uh, in the recycling, or what do I do with it? You've got to put, put it in the garbage can. <laughs> hey, Warren, Warren, uh, See, you're, you're getting it. You're, getting you're it. a big fan of Sesame Street, right? Where, where did Oscar the Grouch live? In a garbage <laughs> can. See? Yeah. See? You're getting it, man. You're getting it. I know, but it's like down there. It's like, it's more like. In a it's garbage like, can. No, it's, it's like it's like in a garbage can. All right, we did about five minutes on in a garbage can. Yep. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I agree. Steve, how was your weekend? Oh, uh, you guys have to tell the whole story of how this weekend and this. I'm going to preface this because we're going to like you know be frustrated, but this was just a weird communication breakdown. Yeah, yeah, it happens 100%. sometimes when you book shows. But it just, uh, you know, we're going to, like, let a little bit in on how the sausage is made. But this is not, uh, you know, (laughs) diss on anyone. This just happens sometimes. So before we preface any of this, like, this isn't a slight against anyone we work with. And the show uh, that we played this weekend was really great. And we really loved all the people there. So that's that's my preface. That's like saying, like... um, no offense, but, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just say something really offensive. Yeah, with with all due respect, <laughs> let me say what I'm gonna. Yeah, uh, no, my my week was good. It was uh, it was it was a long, intense week, uh, and it was really wonderful. I, I was up at uh, spent the entire week up in L.A. Um, up at Spitfire Studio, uh, putting together uh, a really cool thing that I can't talk about yet. Um, but that will be able to be talked about soon for produce like a pro um, and spent Woo. like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, um, like just all day working on that. And then I was uh, staying crashing with uh, my buddy Trev Lukather, um, who's got a new project uh, that we're putting together called Invisible Friends. And uh, so we I, I was in the in the studio all day until about. Between like 9.30, 10 o'clock at night up at Spitfire and then uh, drove back to Trev's place out in Woodland Hills. And then we worked until like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning uh, putting together some new tunes of his, which are all fantastic. And I'm, I'm really pumped on how they're turning out and coming together. Um, and it was just really cool to like just like bro down and make music and, and kind of have like a little staycation, um, you know, with an absolutely insane 80-hour week. Um, just creating things, which was amazing. 
Um, Friday, I ended up having another session down here in Costa Mesa and then played at uh, the Cellar down in San Clemente, which I hadn't been there for a few weeks due to uh, various reasons. And, uh, and Saturday, I was supposed to take the first flight out of John Wayne Airport here in Orange County and fly to Phoenix to meet up with the guys to go play this barbecue festival. And uh, a couple days before the fest, we found out that our set time was uh, early enough that there was no logistical solution for me to get there on time for the show. Um, unless, unless Steve left at midnight and drove separately for 10 yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I, if I left my gig after, you know, about 95 hours of work for the week and just drove by myself for 10 hours across state lines. Uh, Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a little weird, you know, trying to uh, figure all that stuff out in the middle of, you know, <laughs> doing some pretty big session stuff. Um, but uh, luckily the guys were, you know, everybody involved uh, are uh, Jake with, with Intrepid and, uh, and everybody here in the band was, was really cool about like, hey, like, let's do the best we can. Like, it doesn't really, you know, make sense for you to, uh, like, there, there was no way, no even possibility of me subbing out. Like, I, I reached out to a couple other pianists and singers that I know, and everybody else was just booked up for the night because it was, you know, the next day, two days away. Um, and there was like no possibility of me getting the gig subbed. And then that's also additional money and, and booking another flight and all that kind of stuff. So we just decided to, uh, for the guys to do it without me, which I was sad I couldn't be there. Um, but I'm, I'm very thankful, uh, that we have a great problem solving team that steps up for each other when, when things come up and get a little crazy. So thank you guys for that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so b- before you tell us all about how the, how the event went, um, Saturday, I ended up having an impromptu weekend off because um, I, I ended up, uh, you know, subbing out the church gig on, on Sunday morning that I do. And, uh, and then, so Saturday, I slept in. I got 10 hours of sleep consecutively for the first time in months, which was amazing. Um, and then I ended up going out, met up with some friends down in San Clemente and just, uh, went bar hopping a little bit and, uh, met up with some liquor reps. And then I ended up getting jumped from a stranger, which was pretty fun. You got what? Wild. Uh, this dude, uh, I was, did you just say, yeah, jobs? No, jumped. Yeah. Like like jumped. Yeah. Like this guy, this guy full on assaulted me. Um, it was pretty crazy. Um, I, I was standing outside talking with, uh, uh, my friend and then a bunch of her friends that are like liquor reps and stuff around that area. And this guy just came up and was like, put your hands behind your back. I'm arresting you. And I'm like, for what dude? Like you can't like, you came out of nowhere, dude. Like, no, like, and then he grabs my wrist and tries to like pull my wrist behind my back. And so I shoot him forward and he like ends up coming around the other side, grabs my other wrist, ends up putting me in a chokehold. And so I snake my arm up, grab his wrist. I'm like, dude, like, just get off of me, man. Like, I don't know you. Like, this is not okay. Take your fucking hands off of me. You know, and everybody's just there, like, flabbergasted and shit. And so I, like, pull his arm down and kind of spin him around and push him away. 
And I'm like, dude, just get out of here, man. Like, this is not like, no, in no world is that okay for you to just come up and put hands on somebody. And then I turn back around my, my, the people I was with and he comes back up again and puts me in another fucking chokehold. And so it ended up uh, some security from Ollie's down in San Clemente, like stepped away from their door and came over and pulled the guy off. And apparently like they had just kicked him out of there and he was causing problems and shit. And, uh, yeah, so I'm like, do I call 911? Like, it's downtown San Clemente, like right on El Camino Real, you know, like middle of public, Saturday night, everybody's out. And this dude just comes up. I'm like, dude, this guy's got, like, does he have mental issues? Like, you know his name. Like, he's going to hurt somebody. Like, I'm the last person that you'd come up to and, and fuck with like that, you know? Yeah. Especially for no reason. Like, I wasn't talking to the guy, didn't look at him weird, you know? Like, it was just super weird. And he just wow. scurried off into the night. And I was like, well, it's a non-emergency at this point, so I'm not going to call 911, you know, and shit. So I called the sheriff's department, and they're closed until Monday. And that stuff. makes sense. So, yeah, it makes sense. So, uh, and then I was like, look, man, like, I'm just going to go. Like, my buzz is gone. <laughs> and I went home and Crazy. slept in. And then yesterday was dope. Um, we had the Sweet Relief Sundays again. Uh, Chris Cordini, Andrew's uh, Andrew Cordini, our buddy's cousin, um, who does OC Sellout um, on Instagram and uh, promoting uh, local live events, um, hosted. Uh, so I, it was really cool to, to get to help out with that event. We ended up breaking the $2,000 mark for donations for Sweet Relief. Nice. So we've we've now raised in five showcases. We've raised twenty one hundred and twenty five dollars for Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, which is I'm nice. super stoked. And it was a really great showcase. It was like a lot of like you know pop rock, punk rock, um, you know that kind of a thing. That I, I got up and played guitar and sang, which I haven't played guitar and sang on stage in years. So that was fun. Did some old uh, Four Stops of Freedom stuff, and and uh, that was really fun. So anyway, how was your weekend, everybody? It was good. Well, it was uh, it was fantastic. Um, there was some logistical nightmares, obviously, uh, as you, we kind of discussed. Um, and we could, you know, if you want to get into it more, we can. But but I want to talk about the bright side of everything. Um, we got to go out and play in Alpine, Arizona, um, which I have never heard of. I had no idea where it was. It's right on the New Mexican border, um, kind of in the middle. Not kind of. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's in the part of Arizona that's covered in, you know, it's more like Flagstaff. It's, it's heavily wooded and, and beautiful mountain ranges. And, um, and it, it was, it's always fun to go somewhere on, on a tour or just to go play that, that you've never been to like a part of the country, like a, a piece of land in the country that you've never seen before or knew existed. Um, and uh, it, it's far out there. It's, you know, it, it's four and a half hours from Phoenix and that's the closest airport to it. Um, but it was, it was fun to see a place that I've never seen because we've been all over this country and um, there's still pockets and beautiful places that we never knew existed. Um, so we drove all the way out there on Friday. We stayed the night in a, in a cool little cabin, got some, some grub. I mean, after a 10 hour drive, we didn't want to do much of anything other than have a couple beers and, relax but um it was a cool little town uh, i don't even know if it's a town it's more like a village um and um yeah the show was we we played early we played at noon uh, which is when the festival kind of started 
Um, but there, there was, you know, a, a decent chunk of people already there ready for music. And, um, there was people there that wanted to dance and excited to be around live music again, that they haven't been around in such a long time. And, um, it was fun to play for a random crowd in a place that we've never been before. Um, which is what you always have on tour, which is what we haven't had in such a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to kind of break the, break the seal of a brand new place. Like not even, of her, not even heard of it, um, out there. And, um, yeah. What, are, what are you guys, you guys were there too. What do you guys think? It What's was, your input? It was interesting. Um, one, one thing to note is that it, it was about what, 8,500 feet up in elevation. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a degree to which, like I was talking with Andrew and some of the other musicians even mentioned this, like, like maybe a little bit of altitude sickness going on. Mm. Um, definitely, definitely like <clears throat> got the, got the sense that the air was a little bit thinner. Um, or are they just getting high? Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and some people uh, got that, some people got that quote out there. Right. And it was warm. Um, but, but luckily the, the stage was, uh, well shaded. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised at how cool it was on stage compared to the rest of the festival grounds. So luckily it wasn't like, you know, crazy. Um, uh, for me, I was pulling a little extra weight because, you know, part of our sound is the three part harmony. So we were missing that top piece. So I had to step up and, uh, learn and perform a bunch of Steve's background vocals. Um, and God now I have <laughs> a newfound appreciation for that because I'm like, this is really high. Yeah. <laughs> this is really high. And I'm really out of breath after singing this and playing guitar solos as well. Um, and trying to fill kind of that, those extra gaps and trying to kind of blend with Andrew and Robert. Um, you know, and it was, it was a new challenge. It's interesting to hear, what uh what you kind of have left when you strip away that extra pad that the keys bring into the sound that extra fullness to the sound that the keyboards bring and um kind of trying to compensate for that um whether it's playing stuff slightly differently or or like i played like to get more technical with it like i played with a little bit of of um of an of an echo sound on my guitar uh delay pedal just to cover that extra room usually i play pretty dry but I just kept it on there just to kind of cover some extra sonic space, um, which I tend to do that when there's less instruments happening. Um, but you know, it was, it was enjoyable. We still had a great time. Um, I, you know, it, it definitely gave me more practice in, um, you know, I'm always trying to get better at singing and playing simultaneously and learning how to balance myself and, and, um, sing and harmonize with other people. So, um, if anything, it was good practice for that. And, um, you know, there, you know, and the possibility that we have to play more shows, uh, where Steve isn't there. It was, I would say reassuring to know that I can do it if I have to do it. Um, yeah, most man. of the time, <laughs> how about you guys? Well, I think yeah. I'm the only person who actually enjoyed being in the van for 10 hours uh, and maybe I'm speaking, but like too generally, but I actually did like getting in the van and being like, all right, here we go. It's, you know, the five of us 
Robbie was there, our, our, our tour support guy. But like the five of us, here we go. We're going to go try to figure out, you know, like just all the different sorts of funny, like trying to get to the cabin and like not having any reception and just all the sorts of like making sure uh, there's a restaurant that is open until 10 so we can at least get food before we. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty small town. We read that the the 2010 census counted 150 people in the town. Um, So it was really small. And then I think the lady who put it on said, I think they're at, they're at about 500. Um, and, that, and, um, and then the interesting thing was the drummer from hard told us that when we got down from there, that, um, Alpine is actually a really happening spot for people to be buying land. And he said that, uh, during the quarantine, I guess people were driving around and they found that this spot was this beautiful area next to a bunch of lakes. It's got the mountains, uh, it snows. It's like a, an outdoorsman's kind of paradise and there's nobody there. And they said that uh, property has been going crazy and people are buying it up. So I'm sure it'll only be 10 years before it's another Telluride or something like that. But, um, but it was really cool. I liked being in the, in the van, um, especially once we get up into the mountains, driving in the desert sucks. No offense to the people who live in Phoenix. Um, and, and uh, it was nice to get up the mountains. And uh, telling Stacy. <laughs> but um yeah and the the other thing that was that sucks but made it kind of cool is there was a there was a couple fires and the fires added enough of this like eerie fog layer that the sun almost looked like it was a, in a perpetual sunset when we were driving back and it created a lot of really cool skyscapes and <clears throat> uh, yeah we were just it's just fun like listening to records with the guys and um just kind of adventuring around a little bit. So I miss that sort of aspect of it. And the show was a lot of fun. We met some new friends and saw some old friends and some bands, um, Harless Sweetwater and the Dennis Jones band. Um, and it was really cool. So I had a good time. Um, Oh, here's a funny story. So because we're driving and there's not a lot of stuff in between here and Alpine, uh, we were eating a lot of gas station foods and, um, obviously that stuff's not very healthy. And I just got a scale that like syncs up to my phone. And when I got back to my house, I stood on the scale and I gained so much weight that the scale had to confirm that it was me standing on the scale because it said, Oh, you've gone up a a substantial amount of weight. Are you sure that this is the profile for Warren Merle? Because usually this amount of weight means that there's somebody else standing on the scale. Wow. I was like, Fuck that. <laughs> so, uh, what was, we ate a lot of shitty foods. How, um, how much did you go up? I went up nine pounds. No way. No yeah. way. No way. It's all water weight, dude. I think your yeah. scale's out to get you. That's just no, barbecue dude, I swear and to water God, retention. I swear to God. We, we didn't even eat nine pounds worth of food. I, we really show, ate, well, I definitely there. ate more than you did. I know I ate more than you did. Look, I went from... I went from I weighed myself on the 18th and I weighed 192.4 and when I got back on the 21st I weighed myself and I was 199.6. I like wow. seven seven pounds. Yeah, and nine's putting. It, it must have been, the, yeah, it must so, have been yeah, that's crazy. I definitely had weekends where I went up like five pounds and then the next day I go down like three or something like that. I just like take it easy and then. Yeah, I rode my so bike. So you're just like a bigger guy, today. so. 
So hopefully that bike ride helped. But that was fun. No, most of it's just water weight and like drinking a lot. And then like you spend one normal day and then like half of it goes away. I know. I'll let you know what it is tomorrow. Please do. We'll also update everyone here on uh, hanging out with us on Facebook. And if you're listening to the podcast, we'll uh, put, we'll make a little update on Warren's weight and the bio. That'll be a new That's segment. That's not true. We you won't can, be doing that. I'm just that next week. Yeah. That'll be, a, that'll be a new segment in the podcast is what's Warren's weight at right now. <laughs> Hopefully it's going down. Anyway, uh, that was really digression. So I didn't want to end on the, uh, it's <laughs> a great comment. I'm sorry. Rick said, I think Rick, your scale's been hacked scale. by the mushroom. <laughs> Finally, That's they get great. something right. Robbie boy gained one pound, everybody. Robbie just found out, uh, sorry, in the last 50 TMI, years. but that he's diabetic. So he was doing really good this weekend about like not eating sweets and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> there's, so many, there's this moment where the sound guy got an ice cream like thing that was probably the size of my head. And that, that he was like a big guy, but you know, like a big ice cream is like one big scoop in a cup. And this was that like times two with like a bunch of like, marshmallow fluff on top and stuff oh, wow. like that. And he just devoured it between the time that we started and the time that our set started. So we did better than that guy, I think, this weekend. And he was very cool. It's something to say about yeah, that. Very cool guy. Yeah. Thank you to him. He did a great job for us. That sounds delicious. Um, so I didn't want to end on me because you guys all said positive stuff. <laughs> and I'm just going to, like, turn this into the thing about me anyways. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with the show. Um, we're going to call this story how Amanda ruined his girlfriend's birthday weekend. <laughs> Did I say how, Amanda? How Andrew just said Amanda. ruined yeah, I was like, birthday dang. weekend. <laughs> no, she didn't do anything. Shots fired. So before we booked this show, this show was on the day of my girlfriend's birthday. And I had agreed with her that we would find another weekend to do her birthday, which we did. We went to see her parents a couple weeks ago and we would go to this show together and I would take her to the show and all the band guys agreed. That was like uh, an okay idea and that we'd figured out. And the idea that was we would take an easy drive to Phoenix to sort of get our feet wet and driving. Cause if you haven't driven for 10 hours in the van, like, it's a burn, you know what I mean? Like, I always have to get used to it. By the first day, I'm sort of okay. But the first day, I'm, like, biting my nails, like, just relaxing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it was like, we'll drive to Phoenix. Then we'll do the five-hour drive to Alpine. And then we'll do the full 10 hours back. Because by that time, we'll be used to driving, so it won't be as crazy. And that was also Steve's plan was to fly into Phoenix the next morning. And she had got a flight into Phoenix the night before that we were going to stay in a hotel that night. We we're going to celebrate her birthday in Phoenix. And then the next day we were going to drive and play the show and it was going to be fun. And we just logistically thought we were playing at night. So that was going to work. And then we just like late in the game found out that we were not playing in the time slot. We thought we were, and it just changed everything. So within one moment, we had to cancel all the flights, cancel all the hotels, and like reconfigure everything to make it work. And I basically had to be like, I'm not going to be there for your birthday. <laughs> I'll be there the day after. Oh, and it was good. Man. I made it up. We went to dinner. There were flowers. There was sushi. Ooh. 
And uh, luckily, our friends Wes and Ariel uh, helped her by having you know an impromptu party at their house really quick for her. And I think Ian and Shane were there, and a bunch of our friends like actually came out and uh, hung out. So right. was, oh, cool! That was awesome. She had a good weekend. Thank God we have good friends. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I totally robbed her of a uh, birthday weekend, so she might be. W- wanting to go to mammoth this next time <laughs> go do something else so we might have to plan for amanda one of these other dates that we're playing pretty soon <laughs> well yeah and, and and it's it's funny too because when we when we rearrange the plans um it's the same amount of driving but we were able to this is how i'm going to end it on a good note if you're done andrew um we got to drive all the way to Alpine. We got to play the festival and then we drove back to Phoenix that night and we got to reconnect with our good buddies in Hogjaw, which is a band out of Arizona. They're also on the same um, European booking that we are teenage head music. Shout out to Manny. Thank you for everything you do. Um, And so we got to stay in Phoenix um, with uh, our buddies in Hogjaw. Um, They have a, big enough house to house us, which was great. Um, and you know, we, we, we were going to plan on just getting a hotel, but I'd rather spend time with friends and people that we, that we love to hang out with, uh, opposed to sitting in a hotel room with, with these four people. Um, that was a joke by the way. Um, so and anyways, funny. we got to hang out with um, some of the hot dog guys and kind of reconnect and talk about old times. And, and we've, we've got to play a couple of shows with them throughout the years. And um, they're just great guys and, and great people to be around. And they always have interesting stories and interesting things to talk about. Um, and they also like to drink a lot, um, which makes it just a, a fun time and a, and a great hang. So thank you to uh, Jason. Thank you to K-Wall for having us out. And uh, for JB for stopping by, um, we yeah. had a great night. And um, but they do like to drink a lot, and I think they drink way more than we have ever drank in our lives. Um, but on that note, what are we drinking tonight, Steve? Ooh, I'm back on the Newtopia Ciders Chai Me a River. Stopped in on Saturday over at uh, over at Taps Brewery and Barrel House and picked up some more. Had had. Uh, some lunch there, which was nice after a nice long sleep. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. It's uh, if you've ever had chai tea, it's like that, but it's a cider. It sounds weird, but it's absolutely fucking delicious. So uh, if you you can check it out at uh, masonaleworks.com, I believe, and uh, it's called Chai Me a River from Newtopia Cider with a Y. And it's very good. It's refreshing. It's tasty. It is really good. It's um, one of my new faves. It's great. It's keeping me off the vodka. Or what you got, man? Uh, I just opened this. I've had these new bubbly waters that I think Erica got at uh, Whole Foods. Um, They are called Nixie, and they have a bunch of weird flavors. This one is watermelon mint. So this is a bubbly water. There's watermelon and mint, and that kind of sounds like disgusting but it is actually really really good i enjoy this one a lot nice um it'd probably be good mixed with some sort of alcohol but um i don't want to drink any alcohol right now because you gain nine pounds (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly water weight it's water weight yeah i trust you guys yeah 
But anyway, I'm going to drink some more of this Nixie stuff. I don't know if anybody's heard of this. They have cool cans too. They're very cool and exotic looking. Watermelon mint. There you go. What about you, Robert? I'm drinking wine tonight. Um, I'm not sure why. Probably because I'm out of beer and hard alcohol didn't sound as great as wine did. I didn't know Dosen Um, made wine. Yeah, they don't. So, (laughs) Um, but anyways, uh, my uncle is a a big wine connoisseur. Um, He's also an incredible um, Western wear designer. If you've ever bought anything by Justin or Tony Lama or Ariat or anything, he's designed stuff for them. Um, but he gave me this bottle the other day. It's called a Very Dark Red. Um, it's from Monterey. It's just a red blend. It's nothing crazy. Um, it's not anything nuts, but uh, it's really good. It's really easy drinking, and it's, uh, it's delicious. And um, I am drinking it out of this cool little hydro flask <laughs> wine wine glass um it's to keep your things cold when you're camping or something but i just like to use it when i'm at home because it says i like her butt and uh for a wedding gift we got two cups one says i like her butt and one says i like his beard nice and um yeah it's delicious it's delicious yes. and also i think i'm like halfway through the bottle so far so this might be an interesting end to the podcast if i drink the whole bottle Andrew, what are you drinking? Um, I made a pretty, uh, well, we'll see what kind of discovery it is in a second. So um, I am dog sitting for a friend right now. So if you see my background, you're live and it looks different. That's why. And he just went to Las Vegas and him and his girlfriend usually get us gifts like after they go on a trip or something like that. So um, he got me this. It's called Two Bitch Bourbon Whiskey, Uh, and they get it at a place called Spirits and Spice, which is one of those sort of like um, boutique liquor, olive oil, and like uh, spirits kind of place. I don't know if you've seen them before. There's a place called Vom Foss that's like very similar to what they talk about. They just have like a bunch of um, like gifty type stuff, like gift alcohol, like it's small batch. It's their label usually. Uh it's really good, and I didn't look at this, but it's a fifty percent ABV. Wow! Which in California I think is illegal, right? It, can you do fifty percent ABV in California? I don't know if there's regulation on that. Um, there's something about the fact that Everclear, which is like the mint yeah. liquor, you can't buy in California because that's too much ABV. Yeah, and I'm not sure what it is. Maybe research Randy can tell me. But we can uh, maybe figure it out. And I didn't see that, and it was bought in Nevada, so like uh, I don't think um, they have regulations on that. And it doesn't taste like anything but delicious, delicious uh, whiskey. And I've been drinking a couple glasses at this point, so we'll see how I do for the rest of the night. Me and Andrew might get really talkative in a little bit. I think uh, Research Andrew just just, uh, uh, slid something over here. Uh, Apparently, it's 60% alcohol by volume uh, is the limit. It's uh, Section 23403, thus expressly prohibits the retail sale without a prescription of undenatured alcohol that's an alcoholic beverage, for example, grain-neutral spirits, that is in excess of 60% alcohol by volume or 120 proof. (laughs) Which is just insane. I don't know why you'd want to drink that anyways. Yeah. 
But yeah, Ever- Everclear is is uh, illegal in in California, as well as New Hampshire yeah. and uh, the other states. Crazy. So Jack, just by comparison, is thirty five percent, and a yeah. lot of like well whiskeys are in that range. <clears throat> so that's why I saw the fifty, and I was like, I haven't seen that in a long time. But it's really good. It tastes great. I'm drinking it on ice. Uh, it's really smooth. I know you've said that like a million times when we tried whiskeys in the past, but this one was like. You know, not super aggressive in any way. Very smooth, not very flavorful in any over-the-top way. But I probably have it over ice, so it mellows everything out. Henry, what are you drinking? I didn't have time to pick anything up, and I also don't really <coughs> drinking alcohol tonight. Um, I drank a lot this weekend, and um, <laughs> I just kind of didn't feel like picking anything up. So I just grabbed a Topo Chico out of the fridge, kept it simple, kept it easy, nice and refreshing. And you know what else is refreshing is music. Ooh. And I have a song for us to listen to this evening. Tell me more. That I've been enjoying. Uh, as as I've mentioned previously, I work at a record store in Costa Mesa, California. It's called Cream Tangerine Records. Um, we get a lot of new records in. We also get a lot of used records in from other people's collections. Um, there's a record in the store right now that I'm really enjoying and it is by uh, Buddy Miles. Um, if you don't know, Buddy Miles is a famous rock, soul, and R&B drummer. Um, probably most famous for having played with Jimi Hendrix's Band of Gypsies in for a short period of time in 1969 and 1970. Um, he is on the Jimi Hendrix record, Band of Gypsies, titled that way, and plays on a few studio recordings by Jimi Hendrix as well. Um, he also played in a group called Electric Flag, which featured uh, Mike Bloomfield, who was famously the guitar player for the Paul Butterfield Blues Band and Bob Dylan. And he also had a very lucrative solo career. Um, the record I want to talk about today is called uh, We Got to Live Together. Oh, and fun fact, since we were talking about Nebraska earlier, he was actually born in Omaha, Nebraska. What? There you go. Interestingly there you enough. Go. Full circle. Full circle. Taking it back. Um, Very comedy routine. Not only is he <laughs> an amazing drummer, uh, he's also an extremely talented vocalist, songwriter, and also a great guitar player. Um, he does not play guitar on this track. Uh, the guitar player on this track is Charlie Carp, and it's Buddy Miles's kind of full band that he had put together. Um, the track is from 1970. It originally f- is featured on the We Got to Live Together record, but, side note, I could not find this record on streaming. Uh, on any of the streaming platforms. So it makes me feel a little more special that we have it in stock. And my only place I can actually listen to this record is at work at my record store. But luckily enough, the record that I want to fe- or song rather that I want to feature is on uh, the greatest hits, buddy miles compilation. And uh, I was really excited because I was trying to find something cool. Um, and I did actually find this. So this is the first track off of the 1970 record we got to live together it's also featured on the best of buddy miles um and the song is called runaway child hope you enjoy
That's a great way to start a record, if you ask me. So, I was just uh, looking up some stuff about Buddy Miles. Did you talk about... Sorry, I zoned out for a second. I was looking at something else. Did you talk about how he was the California Raisins? What I did he? not talk about that, what? but I did see that. Yeah. So, Buddy Miles... Hello, my childhood. That with the California Raisins? That was also Buddy Miles. Yeah, what? he was a singer for that. That's not that crazy. that song wasn't awesome. <clears throat> great bass tone, great synth tone. Sounds like super modern. Like you could put that out in now and uh, and the nineteen eighty eight Meet the Raisins movie. By the way, yes, I remember that from being a good year. Good year. They were, they were good <laughs> raisins. Man, that yeah, that's dope. cool. He also wrote uh, them changes, right? Uh, yes, them changes is a Buddy Miles uh, yeah. song. I love that too. Huh. Yeah, that is a that is a Buddy Miles comp- uh, uh, composition as well. All right, so I, I was talking about this earlier, and everyone said to save it for the podcast, but I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I'm sitting in a studio right now. This is Derek's home studio. It's got like a nice pair of speakers in front of me. It's all set up at this like nice uh, uh, production desk. Derek, wait, really but quick. Derek's Derek- collection. Derek, oh, I'm is, sorry. Um, one of the founding uh, bass players of Robert John and the Wreck. His name is Derek Wong, and he was on our podcast not too long ago. Um, just to for everyone listening or watching to understand why Andrew's at some guy named Derek's house. Episode seven. Uh, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to say that. So, <clears throat> so I think. Tonight, we're just going to go through Derek's bass collection a little bit, just to see what he has, because it's freaking crazy. It's like a history museum in here. And they're all super cool. And he's not there, so he can't say no. (laughs) I actually have one of his basses at my house, too, so there's one missing even on this, but it's it's pretty modern and off the rack. So number one, and I know you can't see any of these in the podcast, but we're going to describe them really well. This is a carbon five-string. So Carvin five-string does the very uh, active modern gospel thing really well. And if you ever heard this on like a hip-hop track, it might sound like a bass on a hip-hop track or like really, really clean. Um, Almost, if you're into the rock world, like a a Stingray or something in that world from the Ernie Ball 
This is gorgeous. It has gold hardware, has white inlays and a maple neck, right? And then it's this gorgeous shape on this oh, side, yeah. which again, if you can't see in the podcast, is um, what would you call it? It's kind of like a strat shape, except with the big. Uh, Henry, what do you call this piece at the top? Oh, the the cutaway. Yeah, the cutaway is just a little exaggerated, right? Yeah, it's a little more exaggerated than it. It's like a. It's like a kind of. Uh, I don't want to say deformed, but just like sort of augmented, like jazz bass shape. It looks yeah, beautiful. and it has jazz bass pickups. Yeah, for all you bass nerds, and there's mother of pearl knobs on this thing. Let's see if I can get this. Oh, oh yeah, with the, oh, wow, the nice. that's very hardware, cool, right? Okay, this is one. Let's just go down number one. Uh, this is going to be sort of nerdy for the rest of this. This is a parts caster J. So this is all natural finish. Uh, normal, normal silver chrome, still white inlays, but uh, J pickups. I don't think this is one of his babies. This is probably just a uh, part space. Now to the star of the show, right? This is the '60s P with flat wound. This guy is gorgeous, and this is like one of the best sounding bases I've ever heard in my life. Wow! This is. Uh, Natural neck. Let's hope I don't drop this. This thing is super heavy. It's just like a 60s Fender P. It's natural with a tortoise shell pickguard and normal P pickups. And this is like the uh, like the Motown era bass, like the Jamerson sort of sound. Like this stuff. This is like the bass. You can hear this on freaking everything, and it's amazing. And it's probably in like the four grand range now four to five like we're gonna talk bases like these th- this in particular is like probably the most expensive base yeah mm-hmm. let's keep going down the line this guy which is also one of my favorites here thanks steve steve give me a little more real estate yeah. on the uh screen i want to see it better this too. is a mustang bass uh-huh so if you guys know the mustang guitar there's a mustang bass uh huh Normal rosewood fretboard, but it's surf green with a white uh, pearl pickguard, which is, I love effing surf green stuff. If you know me, I probably talked about the on this podcast before, but the uh, the blue and the green stuff, I uh, this is my favorite. So it's one of my favorites in collect- his collection. Also has flat wounds on it. Thing just looks Super like a cool. Chevy Bel Air or something, man. And it That's also cool. has a shorter scale length than uh, yes. the other stuff. Yeah, it is short scale. Yeah, just because he's an asshole, <laughs> he had a '70s telling neck that he got off of eBay. It has a rosewood fretboard, and he finally got the body together. Wow. And uh, apparently, he's a natural wood guy because half of his guitars are natural wood. So this is a telling. This is a guitar, not a bass. Just a natural wood parts telly, but with like an actual nice 70s telly neck. Nice. It feels pretty great. It has a white pick guard. It looks awesome. Okay. This is another crazy one, right? This is Goodness. this is the last bass in the collection that's on the rack. But I know he has more that he actually plays. Uh, this is a Gibson. I don't know exactly what this is. Uh, it's an EB0, apparently. Yeah. And it looks like an SG. Wow. Yeah. And this, believe it or not, is the reggae bass. 
Really? So this is the base that's super hot, like the pickups are super hot in it. It gets a crazy low end. It's mm-hmm. this beautiful dark cherry color. has a really small black pick guard, and it looks like an SG guitar. No, that has guitar people. as a as somebody that knows a little bit about Gibson stuff. That has a few interesting things to it. Um, first thing I notice is that the headstock is slotted like a classical guitar. It looks like yeah, it looks like a, a, a nylon string classical yeah. guitar. And then the other thing is that the shape of the bridge is very distinctly rectangular. It has what's called a harmonica bridge on it. So my guess is that that is either a late 60s or an early 70s. And then the other thing that's interesting is usually those have two pickups. That one just has the one big, we call them the mud buckers, uh, the mud bucker in the neck, just the big one, which has that really fat, hot sound. Yeah, and it is like... He's told me he wants to get rid of it because it's too hot. Mm. So this guy's also gorgeous. Yeah. Then we just go to a beautiful acoustic that he just has. And this is all just like next to me accessible, by the way. I'm just going through this pretty fast. This is just a nice Breedlove acoustic. Breedlove's like the offshoot of Taylor. Like a a guy who used to work at Taylor started this company. Hmm. Nice, good acoustic. Nothing crazy about this guy. And then I, I'm not going to go into his collection of pedals because that's its own rack over here. But just for funsies, a ukulele. Yay. Everyone likes a ukulele. Oh, nice. That's quite a collection. I just had to show off the collection because it was right next to me. Yeah. Hopefully that's not super boring for people who are listening. And hopefully we described it really well. You like, did a really man, great job good. describing that, man. That was that was awesome. Um, I, I, I listened to this. <laughs> I listened to the Scott Holiday podcast. Yeah, and no, it was really good for that because it was like, oh, it looks like a, a what pedal was he talking about that looked like a squid? It was a. Uh, it was like a. Um, I can't remember. If it was a hexagon or an octagon shaped pedal um, that was like. It was like dark purple or something, and it had an octopus like drawn on it. And the way it was laid, like the knobs were wooden and like barrel shaped. And uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it had an octopus in the middle of it. And he like had the guy make it so that the, the eyes on the octopus would like light up when it was plugged in. It's super cool. I forget what it was called though. I bet you he he posts about it or something like that. Um, it's not a tuner, right? No, no, it's, it was like a fuzz pedal. It was like an octave fuzz pedal thing. It was something crazy. That makes sense for an octopus to be on an octave pedal. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would, wouldn't it? An octave octopus? Yeah, it had, oh, it had well, some crazy wooden knobs on it. Uh, if we don't remember, you can go back and listen to our podcast with uh, Scott Holiday, which I did because it was super cool. Yeah. Episode 93 just a few weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, and he is a, he's the guitar player in the Rival Sons, if you're not aware. And they just did a really cool thing this weekend. Uh, they did a live stream. Um, not a live stream, but they did a, a, a concert that was streamed over the internet um, for one of their really old records. Um, and I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but I saw some clips, and it looks really cool. So if you're into the Rival Sons, go check that out. Because um, what I've seen and what I know about it, it's that it's just straight up amazing. So, yeah. 
But, yeah, uh, we're really excited to get back to it. And maybe we'll end on this. Do you guys, have you guys seen the like roster for the next, I've been looking at it a lot today because I've been doing some um, like uh, work on the website and stuff like that. But uh, what are you guys looking forward to for the year coming up and the next year that we actually get to go back out on tour and do some of this stuff again, which gig in particular, which uh, thing in particular, and if you need to look at our list and I'll, I'll start cause we have an early one coming up, but there's a mammoth blues festival that we just got booked on with a lot of, uh, Joe Bonamassa Cruz alum. There's uh, Mike Zito is playing that festival. Larkin Poe is playing that festival. Vintage trouble is playing that festival. There's a lot of, uh, you know, those big bands on that tour or at that show. And I'm excited to go reconnect with some of those people and really, um, just go back to mammoth. Cause we did play a show in Mammoth with Robert John a long time ago. I played a show in Mammoth, I think, with... No, no. Um, I was going to say another band, but it wasn't Mammoth. But that's okay. Uh, anyway, I'm just excited to go back out and start doing these shows with these like bands that we really respect and um, just get back out there. I'm ready for that competitiveness to like be on those stages and feel like you have to you know, bring it to that level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's one thing to be back out playing shows, and then it's one thing to be back out playing shows that you are not in your hometown. Like you, we have to actually drive there, and it's another thing to be back out playing shows that are festivals with bands that we love that we've connected with with in the past. Um, that we can go back and say, "Hey, how's it going?" Like you know, reconnect with people, um, <clears throat> which that's what I'm excited for is is the reconnection. Um, across the board, uh, either here in the States or over in Europe, is the reconnection with people. Uh, people that we've known for years that have come to our shows, people that we work with over, you know, at the shows, uh, the promoters, the, the, the agents, the everyone involved in every show. It's, it's, it's the reconnection of, of basically seeing friends, you know, seeing friends that <clears throat> uh, we only see when we're touring um because it's a little hard to reconnect with them when we're not touring uh and that's what i'm excited for it's not it's not any specific show or any specific time frame it's just being knowing that we're out on the road again and and playing shows again and being able to reconnect with people that we haven't seen in in a couple years and and something that i think i didn't realize how much there's a frog in my throat i'm sorry hold on let me let me take a second and cough that out um I, I i think i was more focused on the fact that we hadn't played during covid you know i, I just want to go play a show again i just want to go play a festival again and i think now that that's coming back and we're booked for certain things it's now now it's the other things that come along with playing festivals and, and playing out live it's reconnecting with those people that we haven't seen that are big portions of our lives you know um people that we see yearly and 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 you know don't realize that, Oh, when it's taken away from us, we don't get to go hang out with those people or see those people or, or just spend time with, with, with those people. So, um, I'm definitely excited to see those people and, uh, just hang out again. Yes. Yeah. Henry, you can go. What? You want to go next? No. Oh, are we talking about the shows? Uh, I mean, I mean, man, that mammoth thing is, is pretty exciting. Um, 
That's that's really cool. Um, I mean, I mean, just to be honest, like we're getting back into doing some of the local stuff too, um, which is almost equally exciting. I mean, I love just like Warren was talking about earlier, just like kind of the idea of like getting back in the van and and traveling to places and things like that. Um, I I didn't really comment on it earlier, but Warren mentioned it's kind of fun to just get in the van and kind of like watch the scenery. Um, and I definitely miss that a lot and, uh, getting to do that even for a little bit this weekend was, was really, really fun. Um, and, you know, we're looking at doing that in September, even in Europe, um, which is, which is really, really exciting. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, I've, I've talked about it with other people on the podcast before with some of our friends and it's kind of like this interesting time to reflect and, and sort of hang out and, uh, I don't know. I do a lot of reflection when, when we're sort of hanging out in the van and, and there's some cool sort of pockets of time to get power naps in. Um, I'm not a big van sleeper person. Um, some of us are, and, and I'm not. And, um, I just kind of fall asleep for a couple minutes and then get back up and I enjoy that whole process. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all sort of overwhelming at the same time. Um, just thinking about all the stuff happening, but in a good way. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's about where I'm at on it. Yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but at the beginning of COVID, we went from 60 to zero. Yeah. You know, we went from balls to the walls to nothing. Yeah. And we all had our own mental things to go through when that happened. And everyone kind of went through it at different times, which was great. Cause if we all went through it at the same time, it would have <laughs> yeah. been a disaster. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I went through it, I went to Steve's and, and Steve calmed me down and, and helped me process what was going on. Um, but then going from zero to 60 again, which we've done in this in the past three months or so um, is a whole is the, is the same thing because you're going back. You're, you've been in this area and what your life is, you know, for a year and a half. And now we're going back to how it used to be, but we've kind of, at least me mentally, like, got to get back into that, you know? Um, so going from zero to 60 is just a, is the, is the same thing where you kind of have to process what's going on because we're, we're getting, you know, busier and busier and we have to remember how it was before and know that we can handle that opposed to being like, well, guys, it's getting too busy. Like let's calm down. Like, no, we, we used to do this all the time. This is not new. It just took a year and a half break. (laughs) That's what I'm excited for, for, for getting back on tour too. Is, tour is like the closest thing to a vacation that I ever do. Mm. Um, and it's focused and it, and there's no way, there's no way to do it except to be focused on that. So I'm, I'm really excited just to get back out and just be focused on one thing. And this is what I'm doing for the next month, you know, and I love spending the time with you guys out on the road and I feel like, whenever we're home, you know, we all have lives and shit that, you know, and everybody's got their different situations and, you know, daytime stuff. And really the only time we see each other is when we're working on stuff or, you know, here on the podcast and stuff. So I'm excited just to be in a van with you guys, man. And to, you know, have time to just go get coffee, you know, before a show and to sit and actually have a meal and, not be, you know, running from one thing to the next to the next and then, you know, getting there right before the show or, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, 
I always, you know, end up working like, you know, 30 times harder at home than I do when we're out on the road. And so I'm just really looking forward to like just having that time to be mm-hmm. centered and focused on, on one thing and present and not, you know, constantly just scattered. Cause I feel like yeah. been, my, my coping mechanism with, with COVID, is, you know, obviously has been, you know, just like throwing caution in the wind and doing as much as I possibly can. Um, and I can do that here at home. I can't do that on tour, you know, and that's yeah. a, a total godsend for me to just be able to be like, cool, we're going to be in the van for the next little bit. Like I'm going to, I'm one of those van sleepers that, you know, I have no problem doing that. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never more rested than when we are yeah, on the road. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> right. So, it's also one of those things too. Like yeah. when we're on the road, we all have one goal. Yeah. And that's to play the show that night yeah. and make sure that show is as best that we can do. And we're really, well, and we're at, at home, we're all the, doing so yeah. many different things that, you know, we get to the show and everyone's already done 25 things that day, yeah. you know? And our, our goal is the same is to make sure that shows great. But when we're on tour, we're all doing the same thing. So our whole goal is the same and it's all connected. And, yeah. and, um, and I think that it just, you, you feel that camaraderie a lot more on tour than you do when we're doing one-offs at home and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which we all, is something we all have to be up at the same time. You know, like <laughs> exactly. the, the van we leaves have to at be the same, the same place at the same time every single day. <laughs> It's it's nice. It's, I'm looking forward to. It. Yeah, and um, but I mean, on on that note, we do have some very exciting stuff happening, uh, especially this week. Um, yeah. We announced that we have our pre-orders for our brand new record, "Shine a Light on Me, Brother," available right now. Yeah, and there's some really cool stuff involved in that. Um, it's all over our website. Every bio that we have on social media. You can check that out. Um, there's some really cool packages along with, uh, orange vinyl and some really cool license plates that you can put on your wall and, um, really cool shit. So check it out. And also, um, Andrew, do you want to say what's happening on Friday? Oh, on Friday. Uh, well, technically is it Friday? Friday, the single gets released on, um, uh, why can't I think of what this streaming. is? Streaming sites. That's such a yeah. dumb thing. Streaming. Really? It gets released on streaming sites. What we should do too is for email listers. We're probably just going to send it out to you guys. Like I, I, no one cares about giving that song away for free. So we'll, we'll send it out to email listers. We'll put it on streaming sites and then we're going to have a video um, premiered by Planet Rock, the radio station in the UK, on Thursday. So we have a video for our song "Shine a Light on Me, Brother." You can hear it at Planet Rock right now. You're on French radio right now for all you French people listening to this podcast. Probably zero, but uh, uh cool. Yeah, uh, the song's all over the place in Europe, and so um. We're ready to release that video, and when you guys see it, you'll know what we're doing next. And the album's really good, and we're really proud of it. So um, it's exciting to actually get released, like starting to release it because it's been done for a while now. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. So keep your ear to the ground. We have a lot of stuff coming up. So stay tuned, stay involved. Um, thank you for supporting us throughout this whole COVID thing. Um, 
it feels like we're kind of getting out of it. And um, if it wasn't for everyone listening to the podcast uh, and supporting us throughout this whole year, it would not have worked like that. So we do just want to say thank you to everyone for supporting us and um, being there for us during this whole time. And if you're from Southern California, we have a couple shows this weekend um, that we're playing that we'd love to see you at. We're playing at Old World in Huntington Beach. It's the small little weird German town. Um, <laughs> that's right next to the Bellaterra in Huntington Beach um, that you might have either A, been to once or twice, or A, you go there all the time. Um, or C, that's on Friday. on Arrested Development, right? Wasn't that Is it on that, Arrested Development? Wasn't that part of that film there? I don't yeah, know. The German town? I don't know. But that's on Friday night um, at Old World in Huntington Beach. And then on Saturday, we're doing a really cool OC Music Fest with a bunch of great bands out at Irvine Lake. Um, we're playing with Great North Special, which is uh, close to our heart, but also Groove Session, Cubensis, um, a bunch of great bands out there. Um, and that's on Saturday. We play at one forty in the afternoon. And um, if you know about it, you know about it for sure. And if you don't know about it, check out OC Music Fest. And it's going to be a really good time. Yeah. And uh, once again, every Sunday night, Steve is hosting at the Wayfair a um, songwriters in the round thing for sweet relief um musicians fund and uh, i'm going to be there this weekend and it's going to be a lot of fun so if you're from southern california and you want to come see us this weekend that's where to see us if you're not we're going to be in your town very soon um and also including the states we're planning a lot of great things so stay in touch stay tuned and always remember to get wrecked